you brought your Bibles tonight, turn with me to the book of Psalms, to the 25th Psalm. Um, I'll give you a moment to find that Psalms, uh, the 25th Psalm. Um, I always want to say Psalms chapter 25, but that's not technically correct. It's the 25th Psalm. It is a... Um, I don't know that you would call it a long song, uh, but it's 22 verses long, and I do want to read all of it this evening. Um, I'm going to ask, we're going to do like I always do, and I'm going to read the scripture and we're going to pray. Uh, but I would ask that you would just continue to pray. Uh, pray for our service tonight. Pray specifically for, for me, um, and uh, just pray. Pray tonight. Psalms, uh, the 25th Psalm, the first verse begins and says, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, <clears throat> let not, or let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths lead me in thy truth and teach me for thou art the god of my salvation on thee do i wait all the day remember o lord thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness for they have been ever of old remember not the sins of my youth nor my transgressions according to thy mercy remember thou me for thy goodness sake o lord Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment. And the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant in his testimonies. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. O oh, bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon mine affliction and my pain. Forgive me, or forgive all my sins. Consider mine enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. O oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Redeem Israel, O oh God, out of all his troubles. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just humbly come before you here this morning or this evening. We thank you, Lord, for the many blessings. We thank you for the opportunity you've given us to gather here tonight, to fellowship together, to lift our voices up together and worship, to, to uh, Lord, hear your word sung and to hear it preached, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to gather here and to pray together. We thank you, Lord, for the many blessings that you poured out on us. 
But we thank you most of all for your son Jesus, Lord God, that you sent him and you give him so that we might have life, have that life eternally and abundantly. God, I just pray as we go forward here tonight, help us. Help us be the people that you've called us to be. Give us a heart to serve you, to follow you, to do your will. God, let us be a people that desires you more than anything else. God, uh, forgive us of where we fall short. For I, I know I do, and I know none of us here have attained perfection yet. So, Lord, forgive us of where we fall short. Help us, Lord, to, to grow in, in your grace and knowledge. Help us to be more like your son Jesus, Lord. Help us, God, to, to live the life you've called us to, to be the, the example, uh, Lord, that we ought to be in this lost and dying uh, world. God, I pray for our service here tonight. I don't even know or understand what all you desire to accomplish here tonight. I mean, I know some of the things, but I obviously don't know everything. And so, God, I'm just asking to help me and my expectations and my thoughts get out of the way. Matter of fact, Lord, I pray that for each one of us. Help each one of us to get out of the way and let you do whatever it is that you desire to do with this service tonight. Let your will be done here, right here in this, not only on earth, but right here in this little sanctuary. Let your will be done here just as it is in heaven, and we'll give you all the glory for it. And God, let me ask one more thing or a couple more things of you. One, uh, as I heard the news tonight about my brother Jason, as he is preaching the word, maybe he's preaching it right now or getting ready to preach it, Lord, I pray that you would encourage him. I pray that you would strengthen him. I pray that you would give him the words that he stands in need of. I pray, Lord, that you would just, uh, Lord, that you would anoint him from on high and that you would use him in a mighty way. I know that he's a man that has a heart for you. Use him, Lord, in your service. And God, I guess I would need to pray some of those same things for myself here tonight. I need your help tonight, God. I can't preach unless you give it to me. Uh, and God, my desire, help me not to preach the way I want to preach, but to preach the way you want me to preach. Help me to share your word in a way that, bring, that brings you and you alone glory. God, I, I'm going to ask the same thing I did this morning. Give us eyes to see what it is you would have us to see here in your word. Give us ears to hear what it is that you would say by your spirit to us this evening. And give us a heart to go out and to not only to both live and do your will. God, just have your way and your will in our midst and we'll give you all the glory. We love you tonight. We worship you. We praise your holy name. And we ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. I want to preach tonight on the subject of how to know God's will. How to know God's will. 
Now, I, I read this whole psalm for a couple reasons. And I'm not going to preach on every verse of the psalm, but every one of my points come directly out of this psalm tonight. Uh, and so I feel like God led me to this psalm. Uh, I feel like these verses that I'm going to emphasize, really verses 4 and 5 are the main ones, but I'm going to emphasize a few others also, uh, are, the, are what God would have me to bring this message from. Uh, but I also read the whole psalm because I, I just feel like in my, own, in my own devotion time, in my own uh, study time, and in my own preaching, um, I, I don't use the psalms enough. And here it is, the largest book in the Bible, right uh, smack dab in the middle of the Word of God. And um, I'm just, I'm not a psalms person, and so I kind of go one way or the other. You know there's more prophecy in the book of Psalms than there is any other book of the entire Bible? More pro specifically, more prophecy of Christ and the Messiah in the book of Psalms than anywhere else. And so anyways, it's just um, shame on me. Uh, shame on me. Let's read verse 4 one more time. Now, I'm not going to go too much into the history, mainly because I don't know the history of this psalm. I mean, I, I know a few little things, but probably just enough to confuse you. And so I'm not going to really go into it, but we know this is a psalm of David. We know that it's a plea for deliverance and for forgiveness, right? Uh, and I think part of that we can bring out of here is, I mean, obviously this won't cover everything it won't be exhaustive but i think that there is three or four things that we can bring out of here that will help us know the will of god now look at verse four for just a minute this is part of david's cry he is saying he says show me thy ways O lord teach me thy paths right he and then the next verse he says lead me in truth and teach me right show me teach me lead me O lord Show me, teach me, lead me. That speaks to me of the will of God. Show me what your will is, Lord. Teach me thy paths. Teach me your way. Teach me how to, how to follow you, how to carry out your will. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, right? Lead me in the ways that you would have me to go. Listen to me. Um, I probably don't. I probably don't preach on this subject often enough. The will of God. It is of utmost importance to be in the will of God. As a matter of fact, being in the will of God uh, should be of the most highest, utmost importance to the Christian. To you as a Christian and to me as a Christian, you should desire the will of God for your life above all other things. I'm always reminded whenever I think about <clears throat> this subject, I'm always reminded of the great um, missionary David Livingston, right? He was a missionary into Africa. Uh, he was several things. He was, I think, a writer and an explorer, and he was several things, but he was also one of the great missionaries uh, into Africa in the mid-1800s. And so anyways, uh, one quote that I always remember about David Livingston was, and this is a direct quote from him, he said, I had rather be in the heart of Africa in the will of God 
right? So what he's saying is, I would rather, knowing that I'm in the will of God, be spending my time in the heart of Africa. Maybe I should stop and explain that, right? Africa took his life, right? Uh, he, he faced all kinds of uh, physical illnesses that took a toll, total toll on his health that ended up costing him his life, right? Uh, malaria and, and, and different things like that uh, from all the time that he spent in Africa. He buried, his, or his wife died there in Africa as well. He had a child that died uh, that, uh, that was only in his, I think, 20s when he died because of a disease that he caught because this child was born in Africa, lived there in Africa. There was a disease he caught while he was in Africa that ended up causing the son's death when he was in his early 20s. Uh, and anyways, I mean, it cost him a lot, right? People, uh, and here is, a, here is a person, David Livingston would be, a, would be a person that had in his own lifetime had went from unknown to well-known, had went from uh, very poor to uh, he'd done all right for himself in, in several different ways, uh, but, yet he, but yet he still was insistent on dedicating his life to doing the will of God. And people would ask, he could have done so many things. He could have been a professor at Oxford. He could have, I mean, we just go down the list. He had a famous father-in-law. He could have done so many things. And I'm sure people ask him the question over and over, why is it they'd feel like he's throwing his life away here in the heart of Africa? And he said, I would rather be in the heart of Africa in the will of God than on the throne of England out of the will of God. He would rather have, he would rather be in the will of God in what was not a very healthy place that, that cost him his life and the life of many of those very near to him, wife and some children, than to have all the luxury and power that the world could offer him and be out of the will of God. That's how important it was to him. That's how important it ought to be to us. I'll just give you one more little tidbit from his life, and you can go on, and, and there's been books written about his life, and you can read, and you can... As a matter of fact, you may know a lot more about him right now than what I do. But I'll, I'll just give you one more little thing. When he, when he died... I'm not trying to be gross here, but when he died, they buried his heart there in Africa. Literally, physically, buried his heart there in Africa. And then his two of his helpers, his aides, carried the rest of his remains and belongings over a thousand miles. We're talking through the jungles and the everything there in Africa. Carried it over a thousand miles. You want a little bit more trivia here. Uh, this is part of the inspiration for the end of Lonesome Dove. How's that fit in a church service? It don't, but anyways. I knew Jake would find it interesting if nobody else. Right? One main character carries the other one's remains a long ways. Anyways. Carried his remains over a thousand, the rest of his remains over a thousand miles so that it could then be put on a ship, carried back to England, and buried in his family plot. There's a message in all of that of where his heart well is. That's how important the will of God needs to be, should be, 
to us. Regardless of where it might be or what the circumstances of our lives might be, living in the will of God is absolutely the best life you could ever possibly live. That's something that we miss, right? So often we think, oh my goodness, I hope God never calls me to do this or do that. Or Sometimes it's a reality, right? And we fight against it, right? I know a lot of people called to preach and never answered the call to preach. I know people that God has called to, to do all kinds of different things and they don't do it. Listen to me. I don't care what you think or what the circumstances might be. I promise you, a life lived in the will of God is the best life you could possibly ever live. So, the question that I started out with and I'm coming back to is how do you know what the will of God is? If the will of God is that important and should be that important to Christian to Christians, then we've got to wrestle with the question, how do we know what the will of God is? Well, I think it's best to understand some terms Right? When we discuss the will of God, right? There is what's called the revealed will of God. I think it's good for us to understand what is meant by that. And, and what the revealed will of God is, is right here. You've got it written. You've carried it with you here. And you'll carry it with you when you go home and you've got access to it to sit there and to read it and to study it, right? That's the Bible. It's the Word of God, right? That's the revealed will of God. It tells us specifically what God's will is for many things. I will give you one example here tonight, one of many. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3 says, For this is the will of God. Well, now that's getting pretty plain. You're wondering what the will of God is. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. Well, that's, I mean, that's pretty cut and dry, right? So in other words, to ask God what his will is, see, that's what we like to do. Oh God, what do you want me to do? What's your will, right? Reveal your will to me. Listen to me. To ask God what his will is about a man, about something, a matter that is, uh, that he has already clearly addressed is silly. It's foolishness. It's nonsense. Right? You should never ask God, right? Uh, should I live with someone I'm not married to? Should I sleep with someone I'm not married to? Right? That's a question that God has already clearly answered, right? It's the will of God, right? It's even our sanctification that we should abstain from fornication, right? There's many things just like that that God makes it very clear to us. Uh, one more, uh, just real quick, right? It's the will of God that none should perish, right? That's in Second Peter chapter 3, right? Uh, but that all should come to repentance. We don't ever have to ask the question when it comes to witnessing to somebody, is it the will of God for them to get saved? Yes, of course it is. But what about for those things, those matters? that the revealed will of God does not address. For example, should I marry this person? Right? I, 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 I like this person, I'm dating this person, but should I marry them? Is that God's will for my life? Um, should I go to college? 
I probably know what your parents would say, but I mean, you know, maybe that's a question that you would wrestle with. Is it the will of God for me to go to college? And if so, then where? Should I, should I start this business or should I just work for, you know, this company for the rest of my life? Should I take this job? Should I buy this house? Should I, I mean, we could just go down a whole list of specific things like that that obviously is not clearly spelled out in the Word of God. But yet God has a will for us. It's not just a, ah, whatever you choose to do, that'll be all right. No, 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 God's got a specific plan. He's got a specific will. And I think in this psalm, we can find some guiding principles that will help us with those questions. I'm not saying that it's completely done and straightforward. And in some of my answers I'm going to give you might be a little bit on the super spiritual side. <laughs> I say that jokingly. I always hated that. I don't know, Brother Jimmy, if you're like I am or not. But man, especially whenever I first got started out preaching... Uh, I had questions. I had specific questions, all right? Remember, I've told you this before. I wasn't really raised in a Christian home. I wasn't raised in, in that kind of atmosphere. I wasn't raised in church. I didn't, you know, there's a lot of things that just by being in church and around church and stuff for a long time, you might kind of pick up on or know or understand or whatever. I didn't. And I had a lot of specific questions. And I always hated that. There was two answers I hated to get. The two answers were, and my pastor at the time loved to give one of these two, well, you're just going to have to pray about it. Well, that's not the answer. Of course I'm praying about it, but I'm, wanting, I'm looking for some specific advice. And the other one is, it's just follow the Holy, leading of the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm trying to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and I'm hoping that maybe, you know, as the Ethiopian eunuch said, how should I know lest some man guide me? I'm kind of hoping that God might use somebody to help guide me along a little bit here. So, maybe I can help you a little bit, but not as much as uh, you might wish. The first thing, I think, is revealed right here in Psalm, in verses 4 and 5 of this psalm. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth. And teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Now, the first thing is have an open heart. There's a difference between saying something and actually meaning something. For example, people will ask the question, what can I do to improve or what do I need to change right about any given thing whatever it is it's something that they've done or 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 whatever and they're at they ask you you know you know what do I need to do what do I need to change how can I improve you know those kinds of questions but the truth is they aren't actually willing to change anything and oftentimes uh, when you try to give them an answer that would be constructive criticism that might actually be answering their question um, that are, you know you're trying to answer their question uh, oftentimes uh, they'll, they'll just try to argue with you and make excuses for why they did what they did 
I mean, I, I asked Jennifer all the time about my, about my messages, about, you know, when after I got done preaching. Well, how was that, honey? You know, did it make sense? Did it flow? You know, was it good? Was it bad or whatever, you know? Uh, and I find myself all the time when she starts to tell me, I'll, you know, when, really what it is is all I want to do is say, yes, honey, that's the best message I ever heard. Knocked her out of the ballpark tonight. Don't know how you could outdo yourself next week. That's really probably what I'm looking for. That's not what's most helpful for me, uh, right? Uh, that's probably, you know, not what I really need, but that's what I'm looking for. That's the opposite of having an open heart. Having an open heart would be, would be seeking and willing to make those changes. And as Christians, oftentimes... We'll do the same things when it comes to the matters of God's will, right? We'll say things like the psalmist says here, right? Show me thy ways, O Lord, right? Teach me, right? Lead me, Lord. But when it comes right down to it, that's not really what we want, right? I mean, if, if God shows us or uses somebody to show us something in the Scripture, right? Maybe we'll argue with it and say, well, that's, I don't think that's really what that means, right? Or, or, or we'll make excuses or, or whatever the case may be, right? Or when God speaks to us on that manner, it's, and it's not the answer that we want, then we turn a deaf ear to God and we just keep asking the same question over and over. Well, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. I don't know what God wants me to do, right? We pretend like we've never even heard from God when really we've, deep down we've gotten a response. We just don't like it and we're hoping for another answer. Sometimes we just keep asking him the same question over and over. And listen to me. It is foolish and it is fruitless to ask God to reveal His truth to you, to reveal His will to you, if you're not willing to receive it and you're not willing to accept it. I, I always like, uh, because it's so true, in Jeremiah, let me read a couple verses from Jeremiah chapter 42 to you real quick. Jeremiah chapter 42 of verses 20 and 21. For ye dissembled in your hearts. Uh, dissembled, it means that they uh, hid, they, they didn't really reveal uh, what it was, um, my Bible has a note that says, were hypocrites in your hearts, uh, used to seed against your own souls, literally. Uh, but anyways, for ye dis uh, dissembled in your hearts when ye sent me unto the Lord your God, saying, Pray for us unto the Lord our God, and according unto all that the Lord our God shall say, so declare unto us, and we'll do it. Okay, let me stop for a minute. Jeremiah is talking to the people and he's saying, uh, you, you fooled yourself or you weren't being honest or serious or truthful, right? Whenever you told me to go and pray for, to the Lord and ask him what it is that 
you know, basically asking the will of God for us, and then whatever God tells you, you tell us and we'll do it. Jeremiah saying, you said it, but you were full of baloney. You didn't mean it. Verse 21, And now I have this day declared it unto you, but ye have not obeyed the voice of the Lord your God, nor anything for the which he has sent me unto you. You didn't do any of it. Right? That's, I mean, we're kind of guilty of that too. Too often we want the will of God as long as it's our will. Right? Does that make sense? Right? As long as it's what we want. As long as we don't have to change anything, then we want the will of God. That's not having an open heart. To have an open heart, we've got to set aside our own wants, our own desires, and our own will. Want has led many out of the will of God. I mean, think about Abraham and Lot for just a minute. So the first thing that I think we can gather out of this song is if you're going to, in order to know the will of God, the first thing is you've got to have an open heart. You've got to be serious about wanting to know the will of God. What I mean by that is you've got to mean it. Second thing, if we look at verse 7, it says, Remember not the sins of my, uh, the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions, according to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness' sake, O Lord. We see this same theme through this uh, psalm over and over. If you look at verse 11, he says, For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. In verse 18, again, look upon my affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. Another thing, if we're going to know the will of God, is you're going to have to confess your sins to God. Right? So the question might be asked, what if your heart is truly open and you have set aside your own will in whatever the matter is, but there's still no apparent answer? It's still that, you, I mean, you can honestly say you don't feel like you're hearing from God on it. Here's the next thing you need to check. It could be that there is something coming between you and God that's causing you not to hear from God or, not, or God not to hear you. That's something that's not popular today, but the Bible makes it clear that God doesn't hear the, the prayer of a sinner. So, I mean, we need to understand here. If there's something that's come between us and God, right? If you're being honest and you're truly seeking the will of God and it's just not, not happening... You need to check yourself and examine yourself and make sure that there's not any sin there, that there's not something in your heart that doesn't belong there. This is not, this is not the time for you to argue with God over whether or not your sin is really that bad. Right? We, we like to do that sometimes. This is not the time to try and justify your sin to God. Right? This is the time to do the exact same thing that all the great men and women of God throughout time have done. And that is to repent. Confess and repent. And if you do not know of anything that you've done, right? I'm talking about you, you earnestly and honestly Ask that, the, that God show you through the Holy Spirit, right? To show you 
Listen to me. Be sure that you are ready because an earnest plea will be met, will, will be met with a sure response from God. So be ready and be sure, right, and ask God and be ready to repent. And then the third thing that we find here in verse 9 and 10. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant in his testimonies. I would say it this way. Respond to the truth that you have. The truth that you have already been given, the truth that you have, Right? Because he promises here in verse 9 and 10, he promises in verse 9, he promises guidance, he promises instruction, in verse 10 he promises mercy, and he promises truth. So, what does he require? From us, he requires obedience. Don't ask, what, here's what I'm trying to say. Maybe I went about it a confusing way. Here, here's what I'm trying to say in this third point. Don't ask God to show you what the next step is. Right? Don't ask God to show you what the will, what His will is from this point going forward. Right? That's the next step. If you will not take the last step that He's showed you, right? Uh, Jennifer brought up Pilgrim's Progress here this morning. Uh, if you never read that book, you ought to read that book. That is a classic, definitely. And one point that He makes in that is every place that Pilgrim goes off the path. Right? There's a straight and narrow path, right, that he is to travel down. And every time, right, things come along, temptations and, and such come along, and there's times where he strays off that path. And you know what he does? He doesn't get to jump back on the path on down the road. Every single time he has to come back to the point where he left the path and get back on there. Don't expect God to show you his will going forward, the next thing, if you ain't done the last thing. Maybe, just maybe, you need to go back and do the last things first. And then the last thing. I want to read verse 14, and I'm going to go back to verse 5. And stay with me, because I don't know that verse 14 is going to make sense at first. My last point is wait for God. Okay, verse 14 says, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Uh, secret in this sense is talking about the counsel of the Lord, right? Uh, is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. And then if you go back to verse 5, the very last line in verse 5, which I kind of glossed over because I wanted to save it for the end. David says, on thee, right? He's talking to God, so on you, God. Do I wait all the day? If you are truly willing to do it God's way, he will show you his way, right? If you truly want to know what the will of God is and you want to walk in his ways and, and walk according to his truth and his mercy and carry out his will uh, in your life, the will that he has for you, and you truly desire for God to show you what that is, what that path is, God will absolutely show you. No question, no doubt about that. Now, 
There may be some things that you've got to go back and do first. There may be some things that you need to take care of first. Right? There may be some things in your life that needs to get, you need to get out of there. There may be some repenting that needs to happen. There may need to be some things you need to go back and make right with some other people. Right? There may be some things like that that needs to, that needs to happen. Uh, there may be some things that God's asked you to do that you haven't done yet. You're going to need to do those things. But God will show you. The reason I read verse 14 was I think it shows proper reverence of God. Right? And that will lead you. That will cause you to wait for him, right? Listen to me. Last point I want to make is don't force the will of God. Don't make things happen. Sometimes, okay, the psalmist says, and we all know this psalm really well, be still and know that I am God, right? There's so many times, right, where it talks about uh, waiting upon the Lord. Isaiah talks about waiting upon the Lord, right? There's, there's so many things we do need to wait upon the Lord, right? Because things happen in God's time, not our time, right? So that's the, that's the last bit of practical advice that I think that I, that I can bring to you out of this psalm tonight is it's all in God's timing. Wait upon the Lord. You know, there are so many things that might be going on, right? It may be that we're wanting to do something right now for God, right? So this may be the thing, right? You, you may be good on all of those other things that I've mentioned. You may truly desire to hear from God and have an open heart, and you are going to do it, right? And you've got a clean heart before the Lord, right? There's, there's no sin that you're holding on there, right? I mean, you know, you're not coming in here while you're living with somebody that you're not even married to and saying, well, I just, I desire to do the will of God. No, you don't desire to do the will of God. You desire to satisfy the lust of the flesh is what you desire to do. But you may, you may be here and you may be saying, you know, the heart is clean. And it honestly, honestly is. And you're willing and you're ready. But there's also a timing thing. It all happens in God's time. Not my time and not your time. May not be the right time yet. And there might be a lot of reasons for why it's not the right time yet. Anything I would say would strictly be a guess or speculation. But I mean, it, it may be as simple as um, God's still setting some things up and he's still putting some things in order. And it's just not there yet. Uh, it may be, right, it may be that God's still got some more work that he wants to do on you, right? Maybe you're not ready. Maybe I'm not ready. Maybe there's some things that he's still trying to do to get us ready. For the next step, right? If he reveals your will to you, I had this conversation, or part of this conversation, just the other day with a younger person, and I told them that God's not going to show you what he wants you to do until you're ready to go do it. Um, because I know exactly what it's like to be young and zealous and ready to go out and, you know, do the Lord's work and do His will. And, you know, the old saying goes, take the bull by the horns. Truth is, if you're not ready, probably all that awaits you is disaster. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's all in God's timing. And sometimes waiting on God's timing is so hard. 
But, the, but that's the way it is, right? There, there is seasons in your life, right, where it feels like you're doing nothing but waiting, right? That's okay. God's working on you. He's preparing you. Let Him work on you. Let Him pre- prepare you, right? Be doing the things that you know that you need to be doing and that you're supposed to be doing, right? And then there'll be other seasons in your life where it just seems like it is just, I mean, things are happening. I mean, just one right after another. If we're not careful, we'll become like an adrenaline junkie or something, and we've got to have, you know, something happening all the time, and if something ain't happening all the time, then we think we're outside of the will of God, which that may not be the case at all. Maybe it's just not the right God's time right now. So my fourth point here tonight is wait upon the Lord. Wait. So, I wrote down a list of questions, and I want to close by asking you these questions. I say a list. There's three or four here. So here's the question. Do you really want to do the will of God? No, seriously. We all know that's the right answer, right? If you're here on Sunday night, you're a good church-going Christian, and you know the right answer is to do the will of God. I, I'm not asking, you're not taking a test here. I'm asking you the intent of your heart. Between you and God, right? And He knows the truth. Do you really want to do the will of God? Or are you struggling with wanting to do your will? Write a little bit of have my cake and eat it too. Is your heart open? If your heart is not open, and I would say, I made that point one because really, if we're going to be really honest, that's one of the things that we probably all of us struggle with. All of us struggle at one time or another, and we may struggle with that the most. So if your heart, if you've recognized that your heart is not truly, really completely open to the will of God then my next question is are you willing to ask God to open your heart that's a big thing it really is and are you willing to actually to truly mean that and ask God and are you really what I'm asking is are you willing to let him open your heart because if 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 you will ask him to open your heart and you mean it he will And then, let me ask you this. Is there any sin that you need to confess to God and repent of? So often, unrepented sin holds us back in our relationship with God and in our walk with God, right? I mean, I've been talking about doing the will of God, but, you know, you might be sitting here tonight thinking, Brother, if you only knew, I don't feel like I ever hear from God. Then I'm asking you, is there any sin that you need to confess to God? I'm not asking you to tell me. Matter of fact, I don't really even want you to tell me. I'm talking to God. Is there any sin that you need to confess to God and you need to repent of? If you will, He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. 
Are you willing? No, let me say it this way. Let me read what I wrote. Are you responding to the truth that you know? Has God called you to do something, but yet you've not done it? That's what I mean by that. Are you responding to the truth that you already know? Because if not, I implore you, now's the time to quit running from God. Now's the time to quit hiding. Now's the time to quit trying to convince yourself that it'll pass, that it'll go away. No, it won't. Now is the time to respond. And then lastly, will you wait for God? Are you willing to wait for God's timing and move when God urges you to move? Will you stand to your feet? I want to open the altar and I want to give you an opportunity to come tonight. Spirit of God dealing with you, would you come tonight? You got a need, you got a burden, would you come tonight? Whatever it is, don't miss this opportunity. Would you come tonight?